Hey everybody, it's Matt Shu from Upright Health and welcome to episode 17 of the Upright Health podcast. Today we are going to be talking about the priorities and the goals of a personal trainer. What should those priorities and those goals be? So before I get to that, I do want to mention that I have been super, 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 super busy and that's why the podcast episodes have been a little spotty and not on a regular basis. The reason I have been super busy is because we are entering the home stretch for the release of the FAI Fix, which you can see previews of at thefaifix.com, and you can sign up there, enter in your name and email address, and you will be put on the notification list, so you will find out when the FAI Fix is available for you to purchase and download and use to troubleshoot your hip problems, whether you've been given the diagnosis of FAI or you feel like you just have a bunch of hip problems, we have created this ebook and video package so that you can go step by step, try out the most common things that are going to help based on the clients that we've seen and our own personal issues and go step by step and just work through until you figure out what's bugging your hips. So this is a a package that my friend Shane in San Diego and I have been working on for the last four to six months that's been kicking around in my head for about a year. And basically we've, we've thought through the most common helpful stretches, tissue work, reactivation exercises, that we use and put them all into this ebook and then we shot a whole bunch of pictures and video and linked everything together so that you can just go through this ebook keep track of your progress with the, the handy TSR tracker which helps you basically keep track of your troubleshooting and helps you narrow in on what you need to be doing on a daily basis. So go to the FAIfix.com, check that out, sign up, and uh, stay tuned. Now, as for the other reason I've been super, super busy, I've also been doing some mentoring sessions with some other trainers here in the Bay Area. started doing um, them a little bit more regularly, and, and we're trying to get those scheduled to be more regular. But... Um, it's been keeping me busy and it's also been making me think about what the the goals and, and the normal, the more common goals that trainers have and how that does or doesn't uh, align with the needs of many, many, many clients. A lot of times I hear that people get hurt, right? I've, I've had people come to see me and say, well, I, I went to this other trainer and I got hurt. In the first session, my back went out and, uh, you know, it's taken me six weeks to get better. Or the one that's the story that actually I heard and that my fledgling trainers uh, also heard last week was I went to a group exercise class and we were doing squats for like four or five minutes and I was fine during the class, but the next day it was just terrible and I haven't been able to walk properly for three weeks because my back and my hip hurt so much and it just feels terrible now. So the, those are really common stories in it and it's gotten me it's got me thinking, well, why does that happen? What what is it about the training paradigm, the perspective that trainers usually have? What is it that makes that so common? And 
what what I think is going on is a lot of trainers think their job is to just help you move a lot, right? So most trainers, the scope of practice seems to be your job is to help somebody lose weight, burn calories, you know, provide a good example so that people burn calorie more calories than they consume, and help them work up a sweat, make them do multi joint exercises make them feel like they are just really just having to kill it, right? They're just having to kill it in the gym. So what does that look like if you're just trying to kill it in the gym? That looks like doing these complex lunge to press motions. That looks like doing a bunch of jumping jacks. That looks like doing a bunch of burpees. That looks like doing a really high intensity uh, interval training circuit throwing the ball against the wall, slamming the ball. I've seen other things like, uh, uh, this was probably the worst thing I've ever seen. It was a trainer who had a client who was probably in her 70s, very frail-looking woman, and he had her standing on two of those stability, those balance discs. Um, she had one foot on one disc, one foot on the other disc, and these are wobbly discs. Um, they're the inflatable kind that kind of you just can't ever get a firm piece of, of of stability on them. They're just constantly wobbling. So he had her standing on these two balance discs. And then in her hands were probably five, maybe seven pound dumbbells. And he had her just kind of squatting a little bit on these discs and then doing bicep curls. That was probably the worst thing I've ever seen. Well, I don't know about the worst, but that's one of the most notable things I've seen somebody doing with a client that I thought was really not advisable. So that's what it looks like when you're when you're trying to help people get stronger, or just try to get them more explosive, help them help them burn calories, and just work up a sweat. The thing is, if all you're trying to do is work up a sweat, you're just trying to make people move a lot. You have a higher risk of injury. I know very few people who can do multi-joint exercises quickly, explosively, and repetitively in a manner that is safe and good for them, right? in a way that is edifying. And I'm talking about people who, are, who have an athletic background, right? Plenty of athletes don't move well. Now, you take somebody who has no training, no athletic background, who just wants to lose weight, and you start making them do very complex motions. And to me, that means you are preparing to hurt somebody. So what I've been teaching to the trainers I've been mentoring, my protégés have been hearing me say this. I say this to my clients all the time. Goal number one should be moving well. Okay, not necessarily a lot. Right. The goal is to make sure that somebody can move well. So the plus sides of this are that you're going to reduce the number of injuries. You're going to help somebody feel better, not only during your uh, workout sessions, but also they'll feel better in the day when they're away from you. And that feeling better is going to help them build confidence in their own bodies and which is in turn going to build a increasing level of happiness. You know, the longer somebody can train without an injury, the better off they're going to be, right? 
if you are helping them move better, feel better, they're going to love it. It's a natural thing to to feel good when you move well. Yes, you can kick somebody's butt and make them move a lot. But let's say, for example, you have somebody who can barely squat with proper form, right? Their knees cave in, their feet turn out, their back rounds. Are you going to make them do a hundred squats that day and then say, nice workout, slap them on the butt and send them home? It's, to me, a little bit irresponsible to do when you could be doing things to help them move more efficiently and effectively so that they can get stronger in the proper form of the exercise so that carries over into their daily lives. I have a client that I started working with last year who is in his, uh, I think, early 50s or mid 50s. And, um, you know, when he came to me, you know, he said he had had knee surgery on his right knee. And even though he had had the surgery, his knee still bothered him. He, he couldn't squat anymore. He was really concerned that, you know, doing any squatting or running or jumping was just going to hurt his knee and that it was going to hamper his efforts to become uh, a really, really good tennis player, right? That's his goal, become a really awesome tennis player. And so I asked him to squat and I could hear his knee creaking, you know, as he got lower, it would go, and then as he came up, it would go, and um, for him, it wasn't even a question of having to do anything really special, right? Sometimes uh, on my videos, I talk about different stretches, foam rolling, different things that you can do to try to fix this or that for yourself. For him, it wasn't even anything that special. I just said, hey, why don't you try turning on your right butt cheek while you're trying to do this, right? So when you're going down, just try to keep that knee out a little bit, turn on your right butt cheek a little bit more, and definitely on your way up, turn on that right butt cheek. So he did that, and it was like magic. All of a sudden, the knee stopped cracking and crunching. And since that day, actually, his knee has not bothered him because he has learned and strengthened the correct movement pattern, right? He's using the right muscle, the right muscle group anyway, to help him do the squats properly with good form without causing uh, undue, inefficient, and unnecessary friction in his knee. Is he happier? Yes, way, way happier. And it's because the focus was on moving well rather than on moving a lot. Once you get somebody moving well, then you can start to kick their butt. And I think that's, that's something that's missing in a lot of people's training programs. People tend to throw themselves whole hog and just go balls to the walls and try to do this, do that, do a thousand burpees and a hundred push-ups. It's all great. It's all good stuff to aim for. But first, think about moving well before you think about moving a lot. So if you're a trainer, I think uh, you know that's a little food for thought. You can let me know if you agree or disagree. And if you are somebody who's training themselves, give that some thought, apply that into your own uh, training regimen and see what benefits you reap. That's it for today. This is Matt Shu from Upright Health reminding you to move well and then move a lot. And remember that pain sucks. Life shouldn't.